podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the Paddock Blues Podcast. You can find us on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash paddock blues. Or you can email us at paddockblues at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Paddock Blues Podcast. I'm Paul and today I'm joined by Jamie, Melinda and Andy. How's it going? All right, mate, you? Yeah, sound. Melinda, you okay? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. How about yourself, Paul? Yeah, all right, yeah. No one really cares about me. I'm okay. Andy? What? I just, I just okay. literally asked you how you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I don't me. care. I don't care about me then. I should have rephrased it. I don't care about me. <laughs> Andy, how's it going, mate? You're okay? Yeah, I'm all good. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, just a little disclaimer before we uh, kick off the podcast. There's a lot to talk about this week. Um, the tone of these podcasts, I don't think they can be any other way than what, the way the tone of this podcast is going to be because this club is an absolute shit show. Um, there's unrest from top to bottom. So I'm sorry if you feel like we're a bit too down, but I challenge anybody for us to act any other way at the moment with this football club. So we'll start with last Sunday. Uh, Arsenal. Um, yeah, what a shit show that was. Um, Melinda, I know I'll come to you first on the Arsenal game. I know you were on an iron because you had work very early the next day, but you you got yourself together and you saved all the way to Liverpool. And you thought, you know, we'll, we'll get a result here. And I don't, I think we could still be playing now. We wouldn't score a goal. It was a disgrace, wasn't it? Just talk us through your thoughts of that day, please. Yeah, well, I mean, to kick the whole day off, my train to Liverpool was, like, delayed. So I should have just been like, you know what? I'm just not even going to go. Like, that should have been the omen for the whole day. I should have just stayed put, to be fair. <laughs> um, and then actually getting to the match and watching um, whatever the hell that was for 90 plus four minutes, we'll get to that, um, was massively, massively disappointing. I, I, I don't know... What was going through Deitch's head? I don't know what he was thinking. The setup was just wrong. The whole thing was wrong. Um, I'm going to say it. It was a pretty pathetic performance, to be honest with you. It's disappointing because we've got that. We've got finally now a threat up front. And it was just completely wasted, in my opinion. Um, the passing was completely abysmal. What else is new? Um, it, but 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 it really just... It, we we couldn't we we like you always say we couldn't even pass salt across the table like it was just mm-hmm. it was embarrassing it was the uh, the basics of football completely out the window we just looked like we were shitting dogs on the pitch the whole time we had no idea what we were doing with ourselves didn't know how to pass a ball and it just it was shambolic I really don't have words for for it really it was it was it was it was embarrassing performance yeah I agree with everything you said but Jamie Arsenal didn't even have to get out of first gear to D. I mean, it was just an absolute stroll in the park for them. Just the way Everton set up, it just looked like from minute one, it was just, we'll, set, we'll settle for a nil-nil here. And in front of a pack Goodison Park, that's not the type of football we want to see. I mean, I know me and you, we don't live far away from Goodison, but we still have to get ourselves up and go to the game and push past people and get into the match and then go home afterwards. And it's just it just feels wasted at the moment, doesn't it? I mean... The crowd, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of people having a go with the atmosphere and stuff like that, but how are we supposed to get behind that, mate? How? You can't. I, I, you know, I think you've got to go and smash someone. I know these players 
Like if you said Arsenal have been beat have beat Everton one 0 at Goodison, you, you know what do you think? How do you think the game went? You'd go well. Well, Everton have been in the face of maybe Arsenal's just a bit of quality that has took the game away from Everton. Everton were at the bar, but there was just nothing. As you said before, we could still be there now, and we wouldn't even have a shot yet. Um, I think it boils down to one man. I do. I think we'll yeah. get on to him, but I do think it boils down to one man. He set them up wrong. Melinda was right. He couldn't pass a ball, but I think he didn't. This is going to sound wrong, but I don't think they're set up to be able to pass a ball in certain positions when the midfielder gets it. The midfield isn't set up to be able to get out. I think that, that it's just set up yeah. to just defend and let Arsenal have as much as the ball. Arsenal won't get a, an easier away game than that. And probably Arteta's gone back in there and gone, didn't expect that. I didn't expect that to be so easy. The corners, mate. How many times did that corner happen? It happened four times. And they yeah. still just like... Now, I don't know whether that's on the manager or a player to go, stop him doing that. Just go out there to Young or Michalenko or whoever. Go and close him down. Stop him doing it. And he just stood there and was like... Oh, why can oh, we? Why have all of us can see it though? Why? Why can't the manager see it? I think because that might be why. That might be his plan. That might be his sort of corner where they go. Well, no, this is what the manager told us, so we can't stay. Listen, we've seen what he does with Gray. We've seen what he does with Alex Wobi. If you don't follow his step by step, you're out the door. So I think that that's not terrified of him, but it's very regimented. Where no, this is how the manager sets us up. We've got to defend corners like this. Instead of someone mm. going, listen, this isn't working. Go out and close them down. Yeah, I think you've touched on something there with Michael Arteta. Obviously, Arteta's captain, Everton. He knows a lot about the Goodison crowd, and he probably knows how to get under our skin and how to make us quiet. I think he set them out there and thought, you know, from the kickoff, we'll keep hold of the ball and we'll just keep it as far away from them as possible, and we'll kill the the Goodison crowd. And you could feel it in the crowd, couldn't you? When you were sitting there, you were like, I've said that I could hear like conversations going on behind me about where lads are going on stag dues and. People are organising nights out and all that, and there's, there's, there's a game of football happening there. But I'll point the finger at Sean Dice here, Andy, and I'll come back to you, because regardless of the opposition, we've got to always set up, especially at Goodison Park, to go out and have a go and try and win the game. And I don't think he did. And that, that's when I'm coming to Arteta. I set them out and said, listen, quiet this crowd down, but it's up to Everton to get in the faces, so that doesn't happen, isn't it? Yeah, expanding really on what Melinda and Jay just said, like, if you, you hear Everton have lost 1-0 to Arsenal, on the face of it, it's not a shocking result. And it isn't a shocking result, but it's a shocking performance. Um, there was, I wouldn't even say there was a lack of work rate. The work rate was there, but it was all in negative areas. There was no there was no desire beyond the halfway line. All we, our only option was to lump it up, try and win a second ball in the final third of the pitch, and then go from there. We don't win ball. We don't win second balls for a start, and the players weren't getting up there to be in that position to do so. Um, it was awful from start to finish. Um, I wouldn't say <laughs> you can't say the way that we set up was on the players. That's purely on the manager. Um, Dwight McNeil. I'm not having a go at him, but. He looked like a guy who's not kicked a ball in two months, and he hasn't. So why it took until the 88 minutes for him to be hooked? Like he, he, he just didn't have a feel for the game. He should have come on off after 60 minutes. Um, there was just absolutely zero direction at all on that pitch. The only two players who come out with any credit for me are Mikalenko and Brankwaite. I thought they both had uh, good games. That's two games in a row. Goodison Mikalenko probably had his two best games forever, really, up against Saka. Um, 
But, you know, I said on our pre-season podcast, you know, Dyche is the right man at the right time for Everton. But I've got to say that that belief has gone from being pretty much 100% when I said it to we're getting into single figures now because um, that that can't continue. Um, that level of abjectness and that lack of that lack of ability to even come close to creating anything. And it's not just the Arsenal game. First half, we got outplayed by Doncaster, bottom of the league. We got absolutely torn apart by Aston Villa. And now the only thing that we're doing is pointing to games against Wolves and Fulham, where we've had good moments in the game, but ultimately lost one 0 at home to two teams that you know we should be we should be beating at home and are going to finish in the top eight this season. Yeah, Jay. Bottom eight this season, sorry. I was wanted to like you something, Paul. Um, I've heard loads of people this week go, "Well, it's Arsenal, the second in the league, they finish We beat these last season, and we're not a no. Apart from Beto, it was virtually the same team. Maybe and Dan Juma, obviously. Why? Did, what, what was? I just don't get the difference. I know people go, it was his first game. He knew how to beat them. He's seen it. He's done it. He he set the blueprint of getting the faces, stop them playing, stop them doing what Arsenal want to do. I just don't know through the week why he hasn't gone. Let's just go and do what he did last year. Do you think he's trying something new? Do you think he doesn't want to be pegged as this? long ball manager anymore or do you think he's just like yeah. run out of ideas I think he's just the type of manager who, who is listen we'll we'll settle for a nil-nil if we can we'll, we'll keep the points if we've got it and hopefully we'll we'll get a corner or a free kick or catch them on the break and we'll score one nil but he, haven't, he hasn't got the tactical nous in my opinion to set up a team like that Arsenal knew what was coming that's why they just pressed and pressed and pressed us they kept us as far back as, as they possibly could and it's just it's not good enough. I just think I've got loads to say about Sean Dice. I've got like 9,000 things going on in my brain while I'm talking. So these are just the things that are coming out at the time. It's just not good enough for me. There's just there's just a lack of effort from the manager, in my opinion. It's just there isn't, we're not geared towards winning under this man. It's just, I think all the stats back it up now. It's just, is it, is it, his record at Everton is just absolutely abysmal. It's terrible. And it needs, it's a conversation that we all need to start having about Sean Dice. Is he the right man for the job? I don't know if anyone wants to expand for that, but I'll just say it while I, while it. I'm talking now. I don't think he's the right man for the job. Me me personally, if we to sack him right now, I wouldn't be bothered. I think it needs to happen. Me personally, be a lot of people who switch off, but I don't care. It's my opinion, and that, you know, that's, I'm going to. Got a 25 win percentage yeah. as Everton boss, which is the the lowest since Mike Walker. Um, he's only. His only saving grace in terms of just for him personally is that we're kind of in limbo at the moment. Why seven seven partners is obviously going through the due diligence and approval process, but these are cutthroat businessmen that are coming in. You know, um, as we, uh, I think there was a, a good piece earlier on Twitter. There's a, a lad who's at seven seven partners now who was at Manchester City's group for seven years. He over oversaw basically all the clubs under the city portfolio that they have. Um, he's now at 7-7 Partners. So this guy, while 7-7 Partners may be new to football, he's not. Um, he's obviously he's worked for one of the biggest teams, one of the biggest groups in world football, uh, and he has done for a considerable period of time. So he won't be suffering any fools and I imagine he's working on something as we speak in terms of something going forward if things don't dramatically change by the time they take full control of us. Yeah, well we'll come on to the takeover because I know we, we've all got a lot to say about the takeover and the stuff but 
it's just the performances on the pitch at the moment. And um, Paul, just yeah, I'll come, yeah, go on, mate. Sorry, mate. I just don't. Well, Andy's just saying there. I just don't get how that's got anything to do with Sean Dice. Sean Dice uh, is set up no, to be yeah, a know, football yeah. manager. Yeah, I know. Why is I, I, was, I, I keep hearing yeah. this? Like, oh well, no, look, things at the back room, things at the, at the top aren't great. He's he is set, he's brought in, and he keeps saying to himself, "I'll manage." Just tell me what I need to manage, and I'll manage it. One, the team. Two, the training. Three, the tactics. That's it. And and you know what? The transfers. You got a director of football for the transfers. Why are we? Why we're making excuses for a man that? He's yeah. not getting it right. And it's like, well, you know, we've got new owners coming in. So what? Football managers are football oh, no, managers. I, I wasn't making an excuse for him, mate. I'm saying... No, no, I'm just saying, view, but... I, I, he's, he, he will get extra time, regardless of our opinions, because of I don't that. Think and he, I think I don't he's very think lucky he, to do so, yeah. by the way. I don't think he deserves any extra time. I I, I don't understand what both of are saying, but it's got uh, it's two separate entities in it for me. The takeover and that should have no effect on what's got happening on the pitch. At the end of the day, football is about winning games of football. It's about look, even just looking like winning games of football. And, you know, all people keep hitting me with is, well, we nearly won against Fulham and Wolves, but we never. But we never. Are we, got, are we that team now that nearly wins football games? Is that what we are? Remember when we nearly won that game? Yeah. It's just, it's, it's not good enough. And it, Melinda, have we now become that team that just loses against the top sides? I mean, where's the Everton spirit gone? Where, where's it gone? Especially at home, you know, as I say, we're going to Goodison Park and it's just, it's dead, isn't it? But I don't think the fans can be blamed for that, me personally, because it's the chicken and the egg, isn't it? Do, do we get them going or do they get us going? Because at the moment, we're watching them lads on the pitch and they're just not giving us anything back, are they? We're running on fumes as a fan base. We're absolutely running on fumes. Um, the last two years have completely kicked us in the teeth, I think. Um, and I just think we're almost I honestly feel like sometimes I'm like I feel like I'm being taken for a fool here because no matter what they seem to do we just seem to be there like I said on the last pod getting whacked with a like a dog getting whacked in the nose of the newspaper and you just keep coming back for a treat but there's no fucking treats being given to us like what yeah. like what is going on like it's just yeah you can feel it it's, it's almost now we're, we're just dragging ourselves to go to some park hoping and praying for the best doing everything we can but it's just it's it's like dwindling like this this it's like a candle and it's just burning and burning and burning it's like how much longer can we do this how much more can we take and it's 100 down to Deitch. i'm sorry like yeah you have one job as a football manager and that is to win games that's your job simple as point blank we all have a job we all have job descriptions you need to do your job i'm sorry and if you can't do your job then we find someone who can it's just it's just getting to a point now where how much time do we give him you know i'm hearing well if we don't win Luton at home well that's it well we should have won probably the last few games at home as well so like we have to stop i think putting these like landmarks on things like if we're not getting the job done not getting the job done we don't know what's going on behind the scenes well as jamie so rightfully said as well there we had to stop making excuses like he, he's got a job and at, at the end of the day he, he he's not doing his job yeah, simple as. Andy. Yeah, just uh, touching on what Melinda said there, like 
for Everton fans, I think we are running on fumes. I think I saw something you put on Twitter yesterday, Paul, which was very apt um, with people saying, oh, "I'm done with this club. We're out. We're you know, you know, I couldn't give a, a, a toss anymore." And yeah, out, liquidate, like, well, no liquidators, folders. That's all I keep getting told. Would be <laughs> better. It'd be yeah. better if we just fold. Listen, you'd be as absolutely heartbroken as I am. You'd be even, exactly. even more heartbroken, to be honest. Yeah, and the truth is, most people kind of say they feel like that. They don't. What it is is that we feel hopeless because yeah. we've given so much and so much and we've spent so long scraping the bow to kind of find any kind of positive where we're kind of getting to the point where we can't even find one now. And feeling completely hopeless is a very similar feeling to feeling like you don't care. And but they are two very different things, and you said that right yesterday. We we do care. That's why we feel like this. Um, but something needs to change really soon because you know whilst none of us are going to go away, we'll still be there whether we're playing in National League North or the Premier League. Like this feeling of hopelessness, like needs to change quick because you know the the club owes Everton fans in a big big way, and they need to start making some right decisions and some brave decisions and. That needs to start sooner rather than later. Yeah, it's like having a family member, isn't it? Who you know, a close relative who you don't really like, but you love. Get them. You've got no choice but to love them because they they're your family member. They absolutely do your head in. They keep breaking your heart. They keep fucking up. Sorry for swearing. Every chance you give them, but you love them and you'll always love them because it's just a part of your heart, isn't it? But. Yeah, it's uh... yeah. They might be dickheads, but they bring you a nice Christmas present. But unfortunately, yeah, yeah, they're dickheads, yeah. and they're completely the forgetting is... our birthday and not turning up for Christmas. So the thing is, in my family, I'm that person. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but Jamie, it's just wanted, you know, let's you know what we'll we'll just have to go in on Dyke because our group chat, and as I say, there's people listening here. They're probably thinking they'll, they'll be one of them who, who's you know we need to keep the managing. I think I can speak for all of us here. We're all very doubtful over Sean Dykes now, aren't we? Let's be honest, we are. Because, as I say, all this takeover stuff, which we'll come on to later, is totally separate to what's happening on the pitch. I mean, if Everton win games of football, no one's really asked about this takeover. That's my opinion. Obviously, it's still there. It's festering in the background. But winning games of football makes everything so much better. But I noticed, Jamie, that question I wanted to ask you. Sean Dykes came into Everton and instantly he was asked about Frank Lampard and the past regimes. And he basically stopped it in his tracks and said... It doesn't really matter what's happened in the past. I'm here to focus on the now. But lately, he started blaming what's happening in the past. Now, that is an act of, of a desperate man, isn't it? He's here to fix the now, isn't he? Basically, is what I'm saying. So we need to stop making excuses. But yeah, just give us your thoughts on Dyche. I haven't really got a question for you. I'm just going to let everyone just go off on what. What's your thoughts on Sean Dyche? And is he the right man for the Everton job? Uh, no, no, he's not. Um, there's probably people that, again, use your head, switch off and go, well, who is? I'm sorry, but I said it to you through the week. Brighton went and got that deserve, and everyone was going, well, where's that come from? He could have, everyone thought that when Graham Potter left, Brighton had drop off massively. He never. You know, I'll go to another example. Newcastle, um, I think they went 10 games without winning under Steve Bruce. They brought Eddie Howe in. Look at them now. And again, people might go, well, they got that sat to Saudi Arabia. It's got nothing to do with the backroom staff, forget the, what's going on in the takeover. He is, look at it as a football perspective. He's the football manager. He keeps saying these in, interv- in his thing in interviews, oh, I'll manage, what I, I'll manage what I get told to manage. The team. You know, I think, I don't know how long we were winning for. Sheffield United was at 12 minutes or something like that. But in five games, we've been winning for 12 minutes. And I just think you can't go on. Right, you know, 
What well, a 12 minutes that was. Well, yeah, but he kept us up. I'm sorry, but Abdullah Decore kept us up. If Abdullah Decore hits that ball and it goes in the, in the top, the back of the park end, we go down. Yep. It's as simple as that. So it's not like we were safe with five games to go and it's, oh, yeah, he was great. You know, the players have got to take a massive thing as well, by the way. These players, are, as Melinda said before, can't pass salt across the table. But is that because they're not getting coached in the right way? There's a manager who can there's a manager who passes whose philosophy is to come and pass the ball around. Get these players to pass the ball on the floor and say to them, because they're not being funny, they're all professional footballers, they can all do it. There's a new manager come in and go, lads, get the ball on the floor. You move there, you go here and you go there when he's got the ball. Now that probably does happen with Dice, but I don't think it happens enough. I just don't think we can make excuses for him because we're in People are going, oh, but we're in turmoil, the club's on its arse. So, but so what? You know, we, the club was on its arse with Davy Moyes, but he was a good football manager who got us over the line in certain things. There was never a time in Davy Moyes' era where you'd go out, come out and go, why did he run? He's lazy, him. He didn't run very hard, did he? You'd just come out and go, wow, that Arsenal team were unbelievable. Unbelievable, aren't they? That Manchester United team are quality. Because they got beat on quality. Now we're just getting beat purely through attitude, and that can't happen. Yeah, I noticed there was a point in the game where um, I think Beto was basically stood with his arms up, thinking, somebody get close to me to help me out here. <laughs> I think Decore ran over the halfway line. He'd actually seen Sean Dyche screaming at Decore to get back. And that's that, that's at that nil-nil at Goodison Park. Can't happen, mate. That's not, it's, not, it's not good enough for me, but... Andy, why do you think we've become a fan base then who... who... Make are starting to just make excuses for how shite we are. It's like um, usually we yes, just want to take it on us. Why, why, why have we become like because we're sick of sacking managers that we think it's okay to keep it? In my opinion, an absolutely awful one. No, I, I don't think it's that. But I think I can see Melinda's uh, got something she's busting to get out. So I'll uh, go for it. Go Sorry, on. Melinda. I didn't see your hand up there. No, 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 no. You, you, like you, you go for it. Then I'll say what I need to say afterwards. If it's like not not to do with that question, but you go for it. No, I, I think again, I, I think it just comes down to like the feeling of hopelessness. Like, like we're kind of as Jamie's touched upon. I, I agree with everything Jamie said about Sean Dice. Everything, but again, also as Jamie said, where's the replacement coming from? Now you got to bear in mind at this moment in time, whilst obviously the off the field and the on the field are in some ways two very di- different things. At, the, at this minute, the person in control of Everton Football Club is Farhad Mashiri, and the only person he's really got on the board is Bill Kenwright. Do you want those two making a decision about who's going to be our manager for the next three years? The answer is no. So, sadly, that means we're in a position where we kind of we have to give Dice a bit of time until seven seven partners get in. However, what I want them to be doing is in a position where they're they're doing what they can behind the scenes until they are in a position where they can make decisions. And if things haven't drastically improved, which I just don't see them doing, they can make a big decision there. Um, because, like I say, at this moment in time, it's either Sean Dice or Bill Kenwright picks our next manager. So that that if anything sums up how terrible fucking Everton have been run that that's it right there yeah yeah I agree Melinda yeah so just sort of like this may this may not make much sense but it's been kind of like brewing around in my mind so I kind of like to think of like analogies for things sometimes to kind of help me understand like why things may be 
happening the way that they're happening, if that makes sense. So I almost feel like Everton, the players in the starting 11 are like a car. So you've got a steering wheel, you've got an engine, you've got lights, you've got a brake pedal, a gas pedal, you've got a clutch, you've got all different parts that make up this car. Okay. And a brake is really good at being a brake. Uh, turning signal is really good at being a turning signal. An engine's really good at being an engine. But you need someone to operate that car to actually make it go. So if it's just sitting there doing nothing, okay, it's it can do its job very well, but you need someone to actually drive the car to make it go. So I feel like Sean Dyche is just not the right man to drive this car. He's just all over the freaking road right now. And I feel like we've got, as much as people want to shit on our, our players, we've got some very good quality players in this squad. I just do not think that they're being, maybe not being coached the right way. Maybe they're not being helped the right way. Maybe they're not being supported the right way. Maybe they're not being played in the right positions they should be played in. I don't know what is going on. Because you know why I'm not a football manager? I'm not. I just go to a game and watch a match and watch my team win. The occasional game is not so much to ask for Everton, but I really just feel like this team right now, we've said this before on past pods, the sum really is more than its parts. Like, you know, that saying, I always say that, but I honestly feel like we're stuck in this position all the time. We've got all the parts there, but the person's just not using them correctly because I just, I just think Sunday sums it up completely. And I think that was completely on the manager, 100% on the manager. We can't blame that. Uh, players are somewhat to, to, you know, blame to a certain extent. But if you're operating this this team in, in this way, I just, I think that's on him. I don't think he's the man for this uh, this, this team anymore. It's, it's not working. It's not clicking. No, I think it's a, it's a good analogy. It's like you've got all the components for a really good mm. car, but an absolutely terrible driver. So, Jamie, get your hand up. No, but Melinda's just saying there that like it's that it is the players and you know how the coach and stuff like that. I said to you this week, Paul. We all seen Melinda spot on when she said like it was it's down to dice. He set us up wrong. In listen, we're never going to go toe to toe with Arsenal in on the deck. Never going to happen. Get in the faces, push one of them over. You know, declare a volley some of uh, that Declan Rice in the air. Get the crowd going, as you said before. People talking. If you're talking to your mate and next minute you see Derek McNeil go through someone, you're ready, you're up. No, that Goodison crowd is the worst place to go for an away support, um, away player. But he knew, he said that, he got that game wrong. Why didn't he come out and say it? Why didn't he come out? Like every other manager, as top manager, come out and go, that, that's on me, that by the way. I set them up wrong. I've worked on that all week. That was my, that that's my doing, that's my bad. I'll work on that. That's, you know, I've seen Klopp do it. I've seen Pep do it. They come out and blame themselves. And then it's also also just get forgot about. He just was like, as you, Paul, said before, oh, it's from like Lampard. Well, not Lampard, but you know, it's from years ago, wasn't it, mate? Because last year you beat these. So I just don't know why. I, 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 I've lost, he's, he's gone for me. Like, I just think that on Sunday and people go, oh, we beat Wolves and we nearly beat Fulham. So when we get relegated, we can go. Yeah, but remember that first two games where we nearly we like we nearly beat Wolves and Fulham. Do you think Wolves and Fulham are still thinking about the fact that they nearly got beat by Everton? No, they move on. They win, <laughs> they win football matches. Do you think Marco Silva goes? Hey, remember when nearly, Everton nearly beat us at the beginning of the season? No, they just go out and beat Luton at home. Simple as that. Yeah, 
I just think it's what it's it's what we've become as a fan base, though. It's like, and that's not knocking anyone here. I'm just saying, as a, as a fan base, it's become this thing where, well, we're, we're shite, and we, so we have to put up with shite. And this Evertonian here, me, I, I'm not willing to put up with it. I don't care how much money it takes, or if there's even if there's anyone there to do it. I understand that there's not, but he's he, got to go for me. I'm I'm actually at that stage now, and there'll be people listening going, "Well, you've got to give him the next few games." I don't, I don't, I don't really have to. I'm a paying customer at the end of the day. I don't want to go and watch that. I don't want to go and watch my team set up for a nil-nil. I don't care if they're the playing. Real Madrid, Man City, Liverpool, Doncaster Rovers. I don't really care. You don't set up for a, for a, a nil-nil. At a packed-out Goodison where you can't get a ticket and a packed-out away end that I've only seen us win two in the last 40-odd games. We've now lost 12 of the last 16 games at Goodison Park. That's 12 times we've had to get up and get ourselves to go to Goodison Park, our happy place, and we've had to watch us lose games of football 12 times at a packed out Goodison Park by the way it's unacceptable it's just for me it's just I know I've, I've had all my rants on the group chat you've heard all my voice notes I'm sort of ranted out at the moment he's not good enough for me I've had my doubts for a long time about this fella people say well you know it's just rinse and repeat we keep doing the same thing over and over again keep doing it until you find the right man that's my opinion I mean any successful business will, will go through managers and staff until they get it right so, yeah, Andy, sorry, I know you got your hand up. Yeah, no, just um, expanded on what Jamie was saying. That's exactly what Jamie said. Is exactly the reason why I've, I've kind of gone full circle on Sean Dyche. Obviously, a lot of it is what you see on the pitch. But when he first came in, and even probably up until the start of the season, I thought he was quite direct in how he said things is what it is, this is what it is, kind of a no-bullshit kind of way. But now it's excuse after excuse. We're kind of working backwards as an excuse because this happened six months ago. There's an excuse because this happened before I got in. You know, he's not taking responsibility for, for what he's doing now, which I thought he was doing when he first came in. He was like, you know, what's done's done. This is it moving forward. But now it's like you see this with managers quite a lot when they're under pressure and they know things are going wrong, they start planting excuses. So they, when they do leave, they can point back to it and go, oh, yeah, because that happened or because that happened. Uh, and I think once managers start talking that way, I think the the writing's on the wall and he, that, that's how he's talking. Um, you know, that is that result on, on Saturday is 100% on Sean Dyche. Nobody else, as you said there, the players were told to, fucking get back in their own ass. The fact that zero ambition, zero effort. You know, Saliba and um, I think Gabriel, they both went down like with little, like, you know, little knocks to the head. If two or three players are running over there saying, get the fuck up, do you know what I mean? Even that would get the crowd up yeah. a little bit. But they weren't. It was just so passive all the way through. Um, and that is just unacceptable. Yeah. Seen a lot of fans saying it's, it's a very reactionary because we, you know, we've lost against Arsenal who, for me, are the second best team in the country. They are a mini, mini version of Manchester City. I think they were, they're the only team capable at the moment of pushing them really close. But yeah. for me, it's been brewing for a while. This for me, even even like, I was telling you, you were laughing. I'm like, my dad was arguing with my dad after Sheffield United, and I know a few years ago the same that we played all right. I didn't think we played all right. I honestly really didn't. I, if that's our, if that's where we are now as a fan base, and that that is considered playing well. I think we're in a well. We are anyway, but I think we're in a, a world of pain. Honestly, I really do. But Melinda, how long do we give Sean Dyche then, or is have you have you had enough? Now I know you were saying it because Andy touched on something. Is 
his press conferences and the way you know we we all like his directness, but it's he's sort of coming across as a bit of a knobhead now, isn't he? Am I wrong for saying that? Yeah, and I'm gonna kind of just bring this poll back to the Demari Gray situation as well. And everyone knows that I'm yeah. Demari Gray's number one fan yeah. and always have been, always will be. And I called him out a little bit on that. You know, I I can't say for sure. I don't know the man personally. Never met him. Um, but to me, something just seemed fishy. Really, really fishy with that whole thing. It seemed really, really off. And um, you know, Andy has put it perfectly there as well. I feel like now it's just excuse after excuse after excuse. And I'm like, if you had just stood there post match and said, "Yeah, got it wrong. That's on me. Really apologize." If you had just owned up and just said something, that would have been the fans might have gone, "Okay, you know what? He's not a complete and total delusional knobhead." about this whole thing you know but it's just I'm I'm sick of it I'm actually annoyed like I'm just really I'm just irritated now and I'm annoyed about the whole thing because yeah. this club means so much to so many people and that to me is he's just not getting it like he's he's just not getting it and he claims to but I'm sorry if that's the way that you're going to act and the way you're going to behave and the one what you think us as a fan base deserve you you you, you shouldn't still be here I'm sorry you should you yeah. shouldn't still be here. No, that's, I agree. That's my, that's my opinion. I agree with you honestly. I really do. I, I've gone. I've gone completely gone. Me personally, like I, I obviously I want Everton to win games, and if Everton win games, that means Sean Dyke is doing well. But I just did uh, like the press comments today. I did, I'm not even bothered, gonna bother watching them. I, I just can't do it. I just I just don't have an attachment to the man. And if he was getting results, I wouldn't be bothered. But he's not getting results. He's actually setting us up not to get beat. And I'm. You know, at the beginning of the season, I said, you know, we'll take a mid-table finish and shite football, and like a few one nils here and there. But I just can't, I can't get beyond that. I, I, I've never been so. Listen, I'm, I can, I'm, a, I'm a person who gets down easy anyway. But sat in Goodison Park on Sunday was just, just a crap. It was just a if, if you're on eight points going into that Arsenal game, eight points, and you play for a draw, you might forgive it. It's difficult to forgive anyone going for a point at home to Arsenal. But if you're on eight points after, you know, four games, you're going against Arsenal, maybe you go, fair enough, we try to get a point, continue a bit of momentum. We've got a couple of winnable games. But we're not. We're on one point and we've lost two home games already. Like, this is that that was a that was a, a must get something from this game. Uh, and it should have been a, a an, an effort to try and do something they didn't. It's yeah. Just have a go, mate. That's all I want my Everton teams to do. I know we're not the greatest. I know we're not going to win cups. Unfortunately, not yet. We're not in a position to do it. Might do. Might fluke one. Might be talking out of time. But we're not going to win the league. But just have a go. That's all I ask for my any Everton team is have a go, Melinda. For me, Villa should have been the wake-up call. Tarkovsky said it himself. We just got battered. Why can't we? Well, they, they've just done it so we can go and do it ourselves. <laughs> Okay. Well, we're well, well, we're 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 sitting here and we're we're still waiting, we're still waiting for the ass kicking, the ass whoopage, the absolute battering. Where is it? I just me. can't seem to find it. Like where just made is up a it? Word there. Where is it? Just wondering. Like it's an absolute joke. I thought like they're just not taking this seriously. So yeah. get somebody in who will take start taking things seriously because that should have I, been I just, like, your wake up call, Sean Dyche. That I just want to apologize to. Yeah, we've got to apologise to our listeners that this is only something they listen to and don't see because Melinda's hand gestures and facial expressions to go with that rant was just insanely brilliant. <laughs> you know what? We have had a little comment to say, can you guys start doing YouTube? And um, 
I don't know. We're thinking about it. You get you get to see some real funny <laughs> yeah. shit on here sometimes. So <laughs> it is. It's just a, it's the, as I said. I know I, I sent a little. It's not an apologising because I don't think we have to. None of us enjoy Everton being rubbish, but we just are. It's just the way things are. So, you know, if Everton are winning games every week, well, God, this this will be a completely different podcast. But we're not. I'm a shite. And that's just the way it is. So, yeah, Jamie, sorry. Go on, mate. No, just to be honest, I've been thinking about this all week, mate. And I've heard a few people say it. Like, and I think Andy said it before. Again, obviously, you don't want Bill Kenwright making any decisions in the football club. But... um. People go, well, we haven't got the players for Graham Potter or another manager is of his ilk. But how do we know? Because we've had Carlo Ancelotti, who, let's be fair, he was a great manager, but he was quite defensive. We've had Frank Lampard. People go, well, they had Lampard who passed out from the back. He's not a football manager, Frank Lampard. You know, we all fell into this trap of Frank Lampard and he's not a football manager. He was proven at Chelsea. He had that quality at Chelsea and couldn't get them going. Um, and now we've got Dice. How do we know we don't bring a manager who plays on the floor an attacking sort of way of playing football and it works you know you're having Anna a bit higher up the pitch you have Dwight McNeil running at people more Beto getting involved more I said it again in the group this week no footballer wants to play that way anymore it's this day and age now that no footballer wants to play that way anymore no that's not down to that's down to dice he's you know he's been a football manager for years but no player right now wants to play that way. No one. You know, you see this like Joe Felix coming away from Atletico Madrid saying he hated training the way Simeone played. No, Simeone is not getting a big job in Europe purely for the fact that do you know what the type of football he is? Ah, Tottenham, look at Tottenham. When I got Mourinho to win a trophy, hated the way he played. Conte the same, hated. Now they've got a lad who'd have stripped back and gone, go and play football and look at him now. Yeah. The argument for that, though, is people say, well, we are in a position where we need Sean Dykes to come in and play the, ta- the style of football that he needs to keep us up. But he's only won four games out of 26. Yeah, but Paul, he's not doing it exactly. So I, I would That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm yeah. That's what I mean. It's not, it's, yeah. not, it's not good enough. It's just, I'm sorry, and I understand what type of team we are. I understand that we're, we are a relegation team now. We just are. That's just the way it is. But just give us a little bit of hope, please. please. Just just have a little bit of a go. It, it doesn't matter. Cause, so we're going to... You want us to go to... Like, we've got United and City and Liverpool and everybody else coming up at Goodison now. There'll be a lot of fans out there now who think, I'm not going to bother going to that because the, the way this fella sets us up. No chance. Melinda? Sorry, he's only won four out of the last 26 games. That is that right? It's like 26, 27 games he's had in charge of Everton. And he's won and he's four won games. Four. Yeah. Okay, so if I can do math correctly, he's only won fifteen percent of those games. Yeah. Jesus, actual Christ! I'm sorry. Don't like, don't like, kill me, Jesus. If you're listening to this, but well, here's another wow. stuff here, Melinda. Here's another stuff here. We haven't scored more than two goals at home since we beat Palace in October last year. Like we're going into what... October. We're going into October again. In what world is this acceptable? And like, literally, you did preface. Okay, you know what's really funny? Can I just tell you a little funny side story? I thought I always thought it was preface, but it's preface. It's preface over here, but go on. We'll, we'll let you know. <laughs> Is it really? It's not eczema, rather. It's eczema. We'll let you know. Oh my God, my eczema's like really driving me nuts. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so preface. So I'm not going to get made fun if I don't say preface. Preface, preface. Anyway, okay. Um, you did. You, you did. You you did um for, you did warn the listeners of this pod that 
it's it's just we're just being real with you. We're not going to sit here yeah. and and don't want us to be. Make it all, we're not going to be all cakes yeah. and rainbows and like smiley faces. Like that's that's not the way it is because we're very passionate about this football club and win lose draw we will be there we will yes. drag and haul our asses there because we care and we love this club and that's why we're, we are acting this way because we know it's not good enough we know it's okay. not it's not of course it does it's horrible it's an absolutely horrible feeling to to have to be in and it's just it's just crap you know we we did bring in some decent signings here and it just absolutely went to waste on sunday absolutely went to waste there was no, there was no effort to try and win the game. There wasn't. No. And we'll move no. on from that game in a bit, and we'll talk, we'll talk about other things. But I think Sean Dice is the main talking point of this podcast. I think that's just the way it's got to be. I mean, you know, we all speak in the week to each other. Obviously, we got a group chat and stuff, and our heads are falling off. Even the positive ones, you got me. If you're on the Zoom now, it's me and Jamie at the top. We were sort of like on the same level, a little bit glass half empty, and you got Melinda who's glasses overflowing with optimism and Andy <laughs> Andy since you've been on the podcast with us you were like you were a happy person before you met me and Jamie and now you just was your, <laughs> your heads fell off now as well but it must be sad because for people like yourselves you just don't want to be down on the club do you but how can you be any other way and Andy that's aimed at you there's no other way you can be at the moment is there well no like like people who don't know me Paul followed each other on Twitter for years, always with a healthy respect, but we butted heads quite a lot because Paul yeah. could be a little bit over negative and I could be a little bit over positive. And that doesn't like sound my... like me, though. <laughs> but, um, but, but it was always, but for me, it's always good to get other people's opinions. Like the reason why I'm a big fan of yours, Paul, is because you lay it out there and because of how much you care about our football club. Like opinions are opinions. As long as it's coming from the same passion, then I respect it. And I'm not, being overly negative today because I'm trying to fit in. It's because I'm I'm struggling right now to to, to see where where the hope is coming from. Um, you know, like I say, I put my I know my colours to my last preseason. Thought Sean Dice was the the right man, but so much has changed since then. Everything from the way he speaks, from the way that we're playing. Like you know, when we when we played Arsenal on his first game in charge, there was a stat on at halftime and. It was on BBC Sport. The thing that shocked me the most is I actually managed to get a signal to see it because I was in, in the lower Gladys. But Everton had more shots on target against Arsenal than any other team in the Premier League that season. So that was his first game. We took the game to Arsenal and that's how much we took the game to him. And there was none of that on Saturday. And I don't, it, I don't care that it's not January. I don't care that it's not April. We're four or five games into the season without a win. Like that was a that was a that was for me that was a must win game or certainly try and go to win it. If we'd have had a go there and lost four two, but the lads had had a right good go, they'd have got they'd have got clapped off that pitch. Like no two ways about it. But the fact that we just sat there with a white flag from the first second until the full whistle. I'm sorry, like we can't be any other way. Like we can't dress it up any differently. That's it is how it is. It's not something any one of us can endorse, that type of football. You can understand it, as you say. You know, we'd, we'd won a few games. You had, we had three wins in the bag, and you think, right, Arsenal are coming to town. Let, let's try and contain them for the first hour or so and then actually do something in the last half hour. But I think the game plan from minute one to minute 94 was don't get battered. That's just my opinion, like, Jamie. I was just going to ask you something, Paul. Um, 
And I think you touched on it before. Let me wipe the tears away first. <laughs> I think you touched on it before. Like, we're, like the fan base is running on fumes, and I get, I do get that. But are we not one of the easiest fan bases to play for? Purely yeah. for the fact that all we expect is just to run. No one's asking you to turn into Messi. No one's asking you to turn into, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo. We just need you to run. That's all we want you to do. And yeah. if you run and give everything and you're collapsing on the on the pitch at the end of it and you get beat 2-1 by Arsenal, or as Andy said, 4-2, you'll get carried off that pitch because yeah. we'll love you forever. We've had some terrible players over the years, but you run and the... And, that you'd just look now and go, I'd love them. I remember them. I loved them. They were yeah. crap. Technically, they were absolutely crap, but they give everything for everything. So, why? I just want, that's what I wanted to ask you. Like, where's that gone? No, because that's you're spot on. I was, I wanted to come to it. We're like a working class club, aren't we? We're just, you know, normal people who's, you know, we work all week and are released from. From life, I'm not saying life's crap. I sound like that Arsenal fan. I'm not saying that, but it's just you know, it's our. Really, you just want to go and watch your team. It's it, the, a representation of you on the pitch. We all work hard. We all, and we just want to see that have a little bit of effort from Everton, and that's the bare minimum that you should expect from any Everton team, even if they haven't got any quality in it. Is to just show heart, passion, desire, throw tackles in. But just, just, there's just none of that, and that, that's the bare minimum you'd expect from a Sean Dyche team as well. Mm. It's just I, I don't get it. It's just um. It's just, it's just not Everton, is it? It just doesn't feel like Everton to me. Yeah, that's what, that, that's what I was like trying to get at. It doesn't, does it? No. Well, I'll stick with you, mate, because I know we, you know, we always, we'll start going into the finances and stuff in a bit. Well, I, I've okay. noticed like when I come, when we lost on Sunday, obviously my editor fell off, and I put a few tweets out saying that's the end of Sean Dyche for me, and um. Or, and and I'm not having to go with you, Andy, but you said earlier on, and you're right, you're spot on what you're saying, by the way. There's actually no one there to sack him, or, and it's going to cost us too much money. But since when has that took over the love of the sport? That the first thing you can think of is when Everton struggle on the pitches, well, we can't afford to pay £8 million to a manager who's doing an absolutely woeful job. Surely it's about winning games for football. Why have, why have we become this fan base that is obsessed with finances? Why? Um, social media and the information age, the fact that we, we've got sort of access to it all now, you know, it's, it's sort of like, one, it's an excuse for people. People look and go, well, we can't take them, we haven't got the money. If you didn't know that, you, you wouldn't care. You know, I think because people know that much now about the finances of the football club, some hide behind it and some sort of use it as an excuse why. You know, if we were billionaires and we see this 777 come in, this I said to you as well, if this 777 come in and was like, right, here's 100 million to, to spend, but by the way, I can get you as a boss manager. Would you, all these people, I wouldn't sack them, we haven't got the money. Would you sack them then? Is it purely down to the money that you wouldn't sack Sean Dice? Because if that's the case, we're in a bad way. I know, that's what I'm saying, but if, yeah. you're, if you're holding on to the fact that not that nothing to do with the football side of it. You wouldn't sack a manager because Everton Football Club, which isn't your money, haven't got the money to sack him. That's not a valid reason not to sack a manager. That is just not at all. It, it, it's his, as I said to before, it, it's, it's got such a simple job. Not on on the face of it, he's got a simple job. Just manage the football side of it. If you don't get wins, you get sacked. If you get wins, you carry on. That's it. That is literally it as a football manager. I just don't understand how we can sort of, 
use that and go, well, we can't sack him, we haven't got the money. They have got the money. They have got the money. It's I'm sorry, but they have. And this seven 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 would just give a loan in there. If they wanted to, they could go, How much do you need to sack him? Ten million. Alright, we'll give you the ten million pound loan, get rid. Yeah, uh, well, it's the money. Yeah, yeah. It's dependent. Like, they, if these really a series all taking Everton over, then surely Premier League is the main thing. They need Everton to be in the Premier League, so surely they'd go to Farm Machine or whoever's in charge. Listen, that's that's a totally different subject. Is there anybody in charge at Everton at the moment? And said, listen, this manager's not the one for us. Then surely they can have a say in, in who the next manager is. Andy. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, yeah, sorry, mate. Yeah, no, I, I, again, I agree with everything uh, Jamie said there. It, I, I'm, what I was saying before is just trying to obviously just balance out the other side of the argument in terms of what things that are going on that can be affecting our decision making. But what you just said there, Paul, about, well, no one will come to us. And I think on the face of it, I, it's hard to disagree with that. But then when you look outside of that, if 77 partners, like they're coming in. If they can sell a dream to somebody, there's not many bigger football clubs in the Premier League than Everton. So, say for example, you say someone like a Graham Potter, oh, he wouldn't come near Everton. So, say seven seven partners, they get older Graham Potter. Graham Potter's not getting a top six job after what happened at Chelsea. So, who's bigger than Everton outside of your Tottenham, Man City, Man United, Arsenal, Liverpool at this moment in time? Nobody. So if 777 say, right, look, the financial problems that we have, like they must be better than what they were in terms from an FFP point of view. We've been like, we've been absolutely asset stripping ourselves for the last two, three years in terms of like outgoings and incomings. The wage bill must be down to a, a good level. We're about to move into a, let's have it right, one of the best stadiums in the world on a on the waterfront in Liverpool, one of the greatest cities in the world. So if 777 can sell that to somebody and say, like, we're the real deal here. Like you said, Paul, they're not there to see Everton go down to the championship and lose money. They're there to for the, the Premier League, for the Premier League money. You know, with all the business contacts they have, if they've got somebody who's going to, you know, this stadium doesn't have a sponsor at the moment. If they can get somebody who's going to say, right, sponsor that for 10 years at uh, an exorbitant amount of money, that's more money that's going to be coming in, more money that's going to be spent. Whilst, yeah, things do feel really bad right now for us as Evertonians, there's something really exciting there to sell. Like, you know, when was the last time Everton didn't sell out a home game or an away attendance? We've still got 20,000 people on the season ticket waiting list and we've not had anything to be excited about in about 10 years. So in terms of a really exciting thing where, one, from a football passion point of view, Everton Football Club, but from a money point of view with the fan base that we have, the hardcore fans that we have, that's really exciting too. So we just need to hope that 7-7 partners, like, you know, they're appointing the right people. We get that drive. We can sell that dream to somebody. And, you know, things can turn around really quickly in football. I think it was Jay who said before about Newcastle. Newcastle were a really low ebb. Owner that didn't like Mike Ashley. Football manager that didn't like Steve Bruce. All of a sudden, takeover comes, new manager. And then within 18 months, they've gone from relegation fodder to play in Champions League in San Siro. We just gotta hope that football swings around and comes that, that way for us as well. Yeah, Melinda, I can see like when it comes to foot, you're similar to me when the, the finances that we're not really that bothered about Everton's finances are we all we want is just for Evan to win on the pitch, isn't it? And I mean, if anyone wants to look back at how positive we can actually be 
as I listened to it and worked the other day, that Brighton podcast when we beat them 5-1. Mm. And me and Jamie were on there and we were singing songs and everything. So if anyone wants to accuse us of being down on the club, just go and listen to that one. And that that's what it could be like every week if Everton was to start winning games. But do you think, what I'm asking you, finance of the year, but did Everton's finances bother you as much as it seems to bother a lot of Evertonians? I think it does wind a lot of people up, doesn't it? Like, yeah. I feel like a, on Twitter, like all these, like in the nose or whatever, like they tweet things and I'm sometimes just like do you even know what you're talking about because I I would like to think I'm a pretty intelligent person and and I'm just like this is way over my head so I feel like if you're not actually like a financial kind of that's not your job or your role or you know you don't even trained in that like I don't get how people understand this because it's very complicated (laughs) it it is like and I try to sit down and go okay for a smart person I feel very very dumb right now (laughs) to be (laughs) honest with you but we shouldn't have to we shouldn't have to. We've said no. this so many times, haven't we, Paul, to each other. We really shouldn't yeah. have to be sitting here worrying about this absolute mess that that unfortunately is the club that we all love so much. Um, my positivity has come back a little bit, I will say. Um, well, she's speaking to me. That's why I, mean, <laughs> I, I make people positive all the time. Totally, Paul. Totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I honestly think you know this has probably been in the background for a while you know I think a lot of us know that um d- different groups have been involved but it seems as though this triple seven thing is probably going to go ahead by the by the things that I've been seeing and from kind of the, the vibe I'm getting from it all but I honestly can't see them wanting to come in and invest in this club and sort of take things over as everyone said on this pod now if if we would not be in the Premier League moving forward like yeah. I just think it would be pretty crap investment I think they know that I know we've heard some some things about the, the people in this investment group but at the end of the day they are businessmen aren't they like they're they're an investment group so I, I don't think they would make a decision that is going to impact impact them negatively whether it's a positive for us like that's to be written we still don't know what's going to happen yet but we still can't keep going on the way that we're going can we we just can't keep going down this path so I think it's we have to just kind of hope for the best um but yeah, for the worst and hope for the best expect the worst i think yeah. but um but at the same time they're not i don't i don't think they're stupid they're not stupid they have brought in people who have worked in with, with premier league football clubs in the past correct so uh, they know what they need to do they know what they're looking for and i'm sorry if i was sean dyche i'd be sitting there thinking oh i might be out of a job soon sorry that's just what my gut's telling me to be honest with you yeah. because how can you have this a 15 percent win like rate, that yeah. like that's your win rate or are are you kidding me dude if i had if that was what i was doing at my job and it's a very different job don't get me wrong but wow <laughs> so if i was him right now i'd be thinking okay new owners coming in everything's probably going to be shipped out as as jamie had said on you know a couple pods ago why would you keep if a business has, has is, is running into the ground why would you keep the same people on board you wouldn't you just wouldn't so yeah. i think it's gonna be a mass clear out and i do not think sean dyche will be manager of everton football club and i just don't think he will i can't see it happening to be honest yeah with i you. mean in your job if you were to have 26 patients and 22 of them were to die you'd be in fucking jail like just uh, it's not very good is it when, I, when you put it like that when, when you really do look at the and uh, anthony for listening yeah. I know that you love a good, I know you love a good <laughs> stat, my guy. Yeah. I know you love a good stat. But looking literally at black and white, 
stats are very clear. That is absolutely shit. That is shit. Yeah. Just as I didn't think this pod could get any darker, Paul managed to yeah. take it there. Well, hey, right. listen, I've, I've got more and more in my locker, mate. Don't worry, though. It's all going to come out soon. You're having to carry on the way they are, I'm telling you. But, mm. uh, Andy, listen, it always sounds like, you know, I'm dismissing people who know about Evans' finances. That's not the case. It's basically because I don't know and I haven't got the brain power to take it in. So I always appreciate people who go out of the way, you know, to try and learn it all. To, but you've got sort of like, I was speaking to you before we came on, this triple seven. Is this Everton's only saviour? The way I read it is that people are saying, oh, these are the antichrist of football owners and stuff, and we don't want them. But it sounds to me like they're the only ones who are actually interested in getting Everton out of shit. Am I wrong there? Um. I think they're the only ones who are prepared to pay what Farad Mashiri wanted yeah, to get back. Mashiri's going to lose a, a lot of money in what he's put in Everton Football Club, and I think there was a limit into how much he wanted to lose. Um, and Seven Seven Partners are the only ones who were prepared to pay him the, the price that he wanted to not to lose. But I have I've, I've tried doing some investigating to Seven Seven Seven, looking for positive angles. So here we go, guys. The pod's going to swing it. around right now. So uh, one of the things that they have done. Seven Seven Partners. They've they brought in uh, a guy called Don Dransfield. Um, that is actual he, first he, name. D O D O N S. Don's. Is that his first name? No, it's just Don. I think that just uh, that was oh. a mistype. Of, a type uh, whoever say that. that Proper American. That, uh, um, so uh, he was like uh, he was appointed as like the 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 chief operating guy for like the whole of the Man City group when um, when they were taken over or pretty soon afterwards, and he was there for. I think nine years. Um, so he's obviously got a really strong football caliber. He, he knows what he's doing, and not only is he he's invested his own money into Seven Seven Partners and been employed by by them as well. However, that works. Um, so whilst Seven Seven might only be quite new into the footballing world, some of the people within that are not. So, and we've got a guy there who knows what he's doing. Um, outside of that as well, I've seen people say that they just come in and asset strip football clubs. Well, we have very little assets to strip, so like you know, we don't need to worry about that. But they can't do that. They can't strip something that isn't there to be taken away. Um, and also, the Premier League is where everybody wants to be. It's the biggest league in the, the world. Land, it's, it? Yeah, it's where the money is. It's where the attention is. Uh, and I think these guys have been kind of dipping their toe in by buying little bits of clubs or buying clubs and kind of building up till they feel like the right opportunities there in the Premier League and they believe that's with Everton Football Club. Uh, I know I've seen a lot of talk about Josh Wander um, of being a, a, a drug trafficker. Well, I mean, that happened over 20 years ago. Um, he didn't go and get on a boat in Colombia and try and bring stuff back. He, he ordered some gear through mail. Depending on what you read, it was either 31 wraps or 31 grams, which was to be shared about between his, like, essentially, like, what do they call it, their fraternities in the university. Um, Listen, if he's buying it for his mates, he's, an, he's, a, he's a good lad if he's just buying it for his mates. Yeah, exactly, mate. <laughs> I'm going to give him it. I'll give him a nudge <laughs> when I'm in, in the box at Goodison. But no, so he, uh, like, it. obviously it's not a good thing that he did, but it was over 20 years ago when he was a kid. I actually think the fact that, He's made that mistake and managed to turn himself into what he is today. Is rather a good thing, and I don't know what the the correct word is for international, but over here it would be a spent conviction. So it'd be something he wouldn't actually even have to declare anymore because you know he, he got his sentence. Um, it's all done. A certain amount of times passed. Um, 
so whilst these are nice headline grabbers that it makes like he was you know like the new Pablo Escobar like he was buying a bit of coke for him and his mates at uni so I imagine some people listen to this pod if you know they might have got in trouble for that when they were back in their uni days too so the drama isn't as big with that um some of the fans of course we see protests they're not happy way things are being run but there are other clubs out there that are happy with what seven seven partners have done so they're fairly new as well Andy oh. mate sorry they're, they're fairly new to the sport Andy and I mean I think it's unfair I think are, it's, yeah. it's not even a year and a half I think it's unfair to look at them and say, well, they haven't had any success. They haven't been in the game long enough, and they're not massive clubs who they're picking up, are they? Do you get what I mean? No, and and they have seen improvements at some of these clubs. And like I say, whilst they are new as an entity, they're not new to football because the people that they've brought in are are seriously proven within this Mm -hmm. game. So the, the... there are things there to be to be positive about about seven 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 and you know the biggest one like we can all say no matter what you know there is no people out there who want to make money that want to see a club go drop down to the championship and I also think they'll be fully aware of the situation that we're in uh, and I expect them to to come in and give us some real clear direction and, and provide us with you know. Not necessarily serious funds, but enough funds to hopefully pull us away from where we are right now. Yeah, Jamie, it's sort of like hysteria, which Evertonians are absolutely brilliant at whipping up themselves and creating things that do not exist. And no, I'm probably one of the main instigators of stuff like that. But yeah. why would the t- why would a company as big as them, who've got billions, want it? Because I see all this talk of administration and. They're only coming in to watch his go bust. Why would any company that I've got anything about them buy and buy first loan a club money just so they can keep the lights on and like Jake said, uh, you know, spend it on toilet roll and everything else, which it sounds like Everton can't do at the moment. Just making ends meet. Why would they want to come into a club, loan the club money, then eventually own it just to watch them go bust? Does it make any sense to you, or is it because we're not business savvy that we just haven't got a clue? No, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, would you buy a fa- would you buy a failing business to make it fail even more? I just don't get it. You know, as you said before, they wouldn't look at Everton and go, "Well, we'll leave them alone because they're not really doing any well. They're not doing well." Do you know what I mean? Like if we were doing well in this, these come in and everyone was like, "Well, what's going on? Why are we selling up?" Then yeah. Crap, as, as Andy said before, we've got no assets. We've got nothing as a football club yet. We've got a stadium that's half built. So these are coming in going, you know what, we can make these better. These can't get anywhere, so let's make these better. Let's, you know, give them something. Let, let's get staff from the bottom is where we are. Um, The thing with the drug thing as well, by the way, I just want to clear something up. If and we've got off to disgrace, I'm sorry. To get a little bit political here, but if a Saudi Arabian prince come over and went, I'm going to buy Everton, we'd all be buzzing. I don't think they've got the best track record either, by the way. Oh, mate, they're, they're after human rights, just off the scale. Yeah, off so scale. I, I think people have got to take that out of it. You know, if they come in and wanted to buy Everton, we'd all be absolutely buzzing like Newcastle were. So don't get too caught up on all that. Um, but I just... I, 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 I don't understand why people are getting so worked up, mate. I'm like, oh, they're, new, they're coming into asset strippers, as Andy said, or they're coming in to see us fail. What? How could you... Why would you buy something to watch you fail? Why would you buy something knowing that you're going to lose money? 
Why would you buy something to think, you know what, in 10 years, I'm going to lose I'm gonna lose loads of money on these, but I'll just do it anyway. They're not. They're coming in to try and give her a good go, to try and get everything back to where we belong. Yeah. And who's to say that we do, this isn't the one they get right? Is Who's to say they don't go, this is the one we're going to focus on? You know, getting that lad from Manchester City, who was at City, put him in Everton. There's an interview there for the... Um, a director of football who's boss who's been here for years well he's going straight to Everton because they're our main men they're our main man they're not going to Genova Road not going mm. to Standard Liège they're going to Everton because that's where the eggs are yeah well, well I think you know it's we just need a bit of stability now don't we I mean I think as a fan base we all need to calm down I think we, we we're notorious for all winding each other up and going to the worst possible scenario because we have we've been through it with Farad Mashiri took over in 2016, and apart from that stadium on the docks, which I will say right now, I don't think we'll end up owning. I think we'll end up leasing that, by the way, which is an absolute disaster in itself. And there's me causing a bit of hysteria myself. That's just my personal thing. I can just see us renting it off them, and then we'll be getting it for years. Well, you don't even own the ground, but anyway, that's a totally different day. But would I ask you a question because I know your love for this man is off the scale. Um, if they came in and the first thing they did was relieve Bill Kenwright of his duties, do you think they have they are they are onto a winner instantly with Evertonians because we just eat he's just a bad stain, isn't he? No offense to the man, as I say, we always say don't wish any ill on anyone, but just just leave. Do you think <laughs> if they did get rid of him when he came in, that would get us all on side instantly? Yeah, I honestly do, you know. I think that is absolutely step one, in my opinion. And, yeah. like, a very, very valid point that Jamie has just brought up there. I think we really have to just take the drug charges or whatever out of this whole thing. Because there are literal groups of people that own Premier League clubs that are beheading people. people. Sorry. <laughs> you know? So, what I mean? so, so, literally, like, I think you want to buy some drugs and have some fun with your pals. Sorry you got caught, mate. Bit shit. Anyway, though, but yeah, I, I I honestly do think that would be step number one. Absolutely, step number one. He he needs to go, and um, I think that's their plan. Absolutely, I think that is their plan. They're not gonna like like the lads have just summed up here perfectly. They're they're not gonna buy something just to go. Ah, it's like literally the Titanic is sinking. Ah, I know. You know what, Captain? We'll relieve you of your duties. We'll take over, even though the ship is just completely flooding of water and going to sink anyway. They're not, they're, they're not going to take something over if it's going to sink, are they? They've, they? they've got a plan. They've thought this through and they're, 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 they're going to do it in their power to, to keep us in the top flight of football. And that's where we need to be and where we should be. Yeah. Well, sticking with you with because you know we're to, one of your favorite people on Twitter who is a friend of the show, Mr. Alan Myers. Oh he, my god, Alan! Love of my life, out of yeah. my world. So he, he sort of like because I was really worried, and I was I was in work last night, and he put a series of tweets out last night. I won't read them because they're a bit long, but he sort of like he, he seemed quite enthusiastic about this. So, and I don't think Alan's a bullshitter when it comes to Evertonians because he's one of us. So yeah. if he can see the light in what these people are trying to do, is that is that reassuring for you? One hundred percent. Like I mean. I- Alan Myers, to me, I, I, I do trust the man 100%. Um, it, 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 a lot of it, a lot of things right now in the, in the world of the football club is very, very uncertain. And um, I think he is one of those key figures that does try and communicate with the fans as, as effective and as, you know, as best as he can um, in a way 
where he's not necessarily trying to rock the boat when he's saying certain things or act like he's in the know he always does say look mate you know I'm just I'm just trying to keep people in the loop as best as I can like he always does he's a very he's very down to earth and you know he's one of us isn't he he's one of us 100% and um I think last night reading those messages because you'd put them in the in the group as well and I was reading those over and it, it did feel like the weight had been lifted off my chest a little yeah. bit. I don't know if anyone else I felt, felt like that, that way as well. Yeah, I did. Um, I felt like that. Yeah, but um, yeah, as I always say in Alan Myers, we trust. Like, I, I 100% <laughs> believe in that because I think he does want the best for this club. He's he's tweeted multiple occasions. This is an amazing club with so much history and, and we do not deserve to go down like this. We really don't. So yeah, I think, you know, having that reassurance from from him, um, he, he's, he's a very trustworthy person as well, I think. So that made me feel, I think, miles better. Yeah. Myers Big Al at the back post just to keep the information coming on there. We appreciate it. Honestly, I really do because I, I was the same as you. I was like, oh my God, we're just getting kicked up and down the street here, non-stop, heads rolling down the street. And then I read his tweets and then he, he was sort of interacting. The thing about Alan Myers I like about him is someone tweets him, he'll tweet them back. He doesn't just leave them hanging. Yeah. And he's sort yeah. of like, you know, he just speaks like one of us saying, listen, he thinks these are serious. And it, and basically he was saying, well, I'm putting words in the mouth here, that we're, we're all basically winding each other up and we need to stop now. We need yeah. to stop winding each other up about administration and we're going to go bust and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, yeah I just think we all need to calm down and, and I include myself in that. Well, I mostly include me in that because I'm just I'm flapping secretly inside like about what's going to happen to this club. But Andy, you've got your hand up, mate. Yeah, I just uh, I think uh, for those that are on Twitter and follow Alan Myers, Alan is a really good benchmark for judging how you can judge other people on Twitter because people still message Alan like it was 10 years ago and he still works for Everton Football Club sometimes yeah. when he tweets. He doesn't. He's not for a long time. He makes that very clear. Alan's also really clear when he tweets his opinion as just an Everton fan, and some people think he's tweeting as a Sky reporter. He makes it very clear when he's doing one job or the other. So you can just yeah. <laughs> whether you should follow people on Twitter by how they interact with Alan. But um, yeah, well, Alan actually he left Twitter uh, three four years ago because he, he was getting a lot of grief and stuff on there. And I sent him a direct message just saying, you know, um, you know, really sorry going through this. I'll you know, just just said some nice words, and he had the courtesy to reply to me, reply how he was feeling, ask how I was doing. You know, that's the guy's a, a real, real gentleman, and he's someone we're really lucky to you know have who who represents our fan base. So, um, but yeah, I always find just look at the people who interact with him and how they interact with him, and that'll give you a good idea whether they're worth following as an Evertonian on Twitter. But yeah, no, the, it, if Alan's tweeting it, he tweets, you know, what he was tweeting yesterday wasn't from firm facts. They weren't, fact, you know, it wasn't journalist Alan. That's Alan. Evertonian. You know, Alan, being yeah. an Evertonian, yeah, looking for hope and just trying to, you know, spread that bit of positivity between us. And, you know, it's clearly had an impact on all of us in here and obviously probably a lot of Evertonians. So good on you, Al. Yeah, echoed in sentiments. Uh, yeah, he just really mm-hmm. calmed me down yesterday and it gave me a little bit of renewed hope and then I remembered how shite we were on the pitch and then I went back to being Paul Brown again. But anyway, <laughs> there we go. But Jamie, I think it's just one of them, isn't it? Maybe we're just going to have to just wait and see what happens. I mean, I've seen people calling for protests and listen, we're, we're massive for the All Together Now campaign. I, I don't. I think we'll speak for them. If, if they ask us to do anything, we'll, we'll support it, you know what I mean? Because I think we all deserve better as a fan base. But do you think it's just going to be... It's just one of them. It's out of our hands, isn't it, mate? We're just going to have to wait and see what happens here now. 
Uh, to be totally honest, mate, I think you shouldn't be going anywhere near a seven 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 protest. They haven't even come through yet. Yeah, you know, you you you're killing someone before they've even done anything. So well, that's Evertonian. Uh, we, we we can buy a player and call them shite before they've even kicked the ball. Sorry. I know, that's, no, that's you're right. No, yeah. you're right in saying so. You know, we don't know if these are going to be the best thing that ever happened to this football club. We never got a chance because we never let them through the door. You know, let them make... We, we've had managers. We've just gone on for ages about manage, this manager. We've had managers in the past that have constantly messed up. We've had players constantly messed up. And then we've got them out the door. Let these owners come in and put their, their, their stamp on Everton Football Club the way they want to run it. And if it's not right... We, we get them out. It's as simple as that. Exactly how we've got Machiri out and hopefully Ken Wright. We get them out. But until they've come in and done it, just leave them alone a little bit, to be honest. As I'm, Alan Meyer says, just leave them, let them do what they need to do first before we kill them. Yeah, spot on. Okay, so we've basically covered as much as we can for our very... Apart from Andy, you've got all the information. Well, more information than us anyway, which I'm really grateful for because... Honestly, my, my head just completely rolls down the steep when it comes to all Everton finances and takeovers and everything else. But we've just got to wait and see. But sorry to come back to this. I've got to ask a question. I miss one of my main notes out. And I'll start with you. Who shall I start with? I'll start with you, Andy. Just a simple die chin, die chout. Out. Right now, right now as it stands, now. Right now, as we sit out. here, now. Out. Out. Okay. Jamie? Out. Melinda? Out. I'm so sorry. Yeah, out. Oh. Full house. But there's the there's house. Time change. Oh, he can change it, by the way. That's not yeah, out. Because yeah. I, I, I should I, have added I that into, yeah, into the original conversation. Realistically, and all like finances aside, and there's no one there to sack him, if we lose on Saturday, which is possible, by the way, Brentford is a good team. Mm-hmm. And we don't beat possible, Luton. If we don't beat Luton, he's got to go, hasn't he? It's almost... There's no choice. Would you give him Bournemouth if yeah. you lose against Luton? Though? No, 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 but I'm just saying. No, yeah, absolutely not. That's yeah. a that's like a criminal offense. Like, I'm sorry, that's a crime. No, but, <laughs> what what I mean is, it he's got to beat Luton and Bournemouth. This isn't oh, beat yeah. Luton and yeah. you're safe. I'm saying beat Luton and you've got to beat Bournemouth as well. By the way, yeah. The fact if, he that he's... if he beats Brentford, Luton, and Bournemouth, then fucking give me eight year contract. Messiah. If he gets seven, <laughs> if he gets seven points and we get through against Aston Villa, the world looks a different place, doesn't it? And he's like, it like I said before, whilst I, I'm not saying he should be afforded that time, he probably will do with the situation that's at the club. And I, I think you've said before, you can't really take to him as a bloke, Paul. Me personally, I have nothing. I don't have anything against him as a bloke. I, I don't wish ill upon him. I'm not saying you do wish upon him, but you know what I mean. I don't have, from a personal point of view, I don't have a, a, a yeah. negative thing against him. Um, it's just purely from from the change in his demeanour and from the way he's speaking and from what I'm seeing on the pitch that makes me feel that we don't have an abruption out. If he could turn this around, I'll be absolutely buzzing. I'm, I've, I've got no vendetta against him, but as things stand right now, I don't think we can move forward to where we need to be with Sean Dyche as manager of Everton Football Club. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'm to talk about something. Yeah, sorry. Go on. What? You didn't. You didn't answer. I did have said die chout. I, I, oh, did you? God, I'll say it till I'm literally blue in the face. Uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't do nothing for me. I want him to turn it around. Honestly, I really do. Winning games of football makes me happy. And if that means Sean Dice is the manager, then fair enough. But I just, I can't accept 
the way you set us up. And like Melinda, you and Melinda spoke up, a fifteen percent win ratio. Yeah, it's not it's not good enough. It's just not good enough for me. But uh, we've got to speak about it. He must have won five because it's twenty. He's got a twenty five percent win ratio. So I he's won a cup. He's be... won a cup game, Annie. Is that what it is? Is that including uh, yeah. in there? He's won a cup game. No, he's won four league games and one on cup game. Just, <sighs> just about yeah. Got fucking played off the park by. Doncaster and I'm sorry, I, I'm not going to count that because it's literally Doncaster, so I'm not even going to, sorry. And we were utter, utter, utter dog It's one of my, the great, my, yeah. my greatest nights ever in the last five years, sport and Everton, that night. On the you know Doncaster what? Over. Like, I, I, I just, we're literally sitting here and being like, we've got to beat Luton. We've got to beat Bournemouth. Like, for fuck's sake. Like, I, I want to listen back to this pod at the end of the season and go, wow, can you believe where we used to be? Look at we are now. We're absolutely flying. Mate, yeah. if we listen to this in 12 months' time, we'll be listening it onto a coach to Burton Albion in a way. That's the problem. They might get promoted, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look at Paul being positive. What is this universe right now? Where are we? we, should, we should, yeah, we swap positions, Paul. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with the positivity, and I think I've got to mention them because I am massively impressed with, and I'll stick with you, Melinda, because I'm, I know you like the way his name's pronounced, Jared Beantree, Brantwaite. What a player he is, by the way. I mean, even against Arsenal, the lad just looks a class above everyone else, doesn't he? For me, he does. Oh, yeah. I think he's he's going all the way, I mean. He... Yeah, no, he's 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 got something special about him. He He's going to be a very, very, very important player, I think, for, well, I don't know how long he'll stay with us, really. Um, but I think for, for England, um, I think he's going to be phenomenal. Um, absolutely, 100%. I think Andy mentioned this at the beginning of the pod, um, but he stood out for me 100%, and Mikalenko as well, I thought was I thought was brilliant yeah, was. On, on Sunday. Fair play to, so he, fair play he to had, Mikalenko, he had to go game, didn't he? Yeah, he did, absolutely. Um, but yeah, Jared Branthwaite, he, he's just like, I just, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm so impressed. So, so impressed by him. Yeah, Jamie, I think it's him. You, if you're looking for shining lights, which there isn't many forever, isn't it? It's it's Brantwaite and Pickford, isn't it? I think they're the ones for me. Like, yeah, and Beto obviously Beto's a new player, but you know he, he's new, isn't he? So, but I think Pickford and Brantwaite. I mean, just talk about Brantwaite. Make wax lyrical about him if you want. I think he's fantastic personally. Oh, he looks brilliant, mate. He looks he looks look composed, doesn't he? he doesn't look like not in phases him as a young kid. Um, it reminds me a little bit of a John Stones, maybe. Yeah. Mm. You know, he gets he can get the ball, Definitely. he can get the ball down, he can step out as well. He, you know, he's he's composed in his clearances and stuff like that on the ball. Um, I, I think we've got to stick with this lad. I, hopefully, he signs a new deal. I know it's up soon. This is where again I'll go back to it, and this is where this seven seven seven. I've got to come in and go right. You you're signing a new deal. Simple as that. What you want? Write that down, and. Sorry, I wanted to talk about Jared Brantley, but I can't without sort of mentioning. (laughs) (laughs) No, without sort of mentioning Sean Dyke. We started the season with Michael Keane, and it was only because we all went get him out this team now. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and then he and then it was like, oh, I'll have to get him out the team, so I'll have to put Brantley in. He was forced into it, wasn't he, mate? Yeah, we forced we we sort of nudged Brantley into the squad, and it's like. We can see it. So why can't you? I think Keane's performances helped us. <laughs> yeah, no, well. no, but it, it, but what I'm saying is we, we had to play we, that bad for him to get in the team. Yeah, yeah. we were, we all in pre-season had Brantwaite starting, and he never he started with Michael Keane, and it was like right, okay, well, we, what's what's happened there? 
But I think he was playing in pre-season and then all of a sudden he wasn't. And then Michael Keane done what Michael Keane does. Played crap. Yeah. And we were Michael two Keane games... was Michael Keane. Yeah, we were two games in. He was crapping both of them and he was like, I'll have to change this now. And it's like, he messing? You had a boss lad there sat on the bench, buzzing. I don't think we'll keep hold of him. I'm sorry, I don't. I think there'll be teams sniffing this is, posi- this is the positive section, Jamie. Come on. Stick with me. This is the positive section of the podcast. No, I, I do, I do, I do like. <laughs> I, I think he's a boss player. Don't get me wrong. And there's yeah. not more you can say to him. You know, if you're comparing him to John Stones, then <laughs> that's some comparison for him. You know, I think if you were to say to him, you're like John Stones, he'd be, he'd be over the moon. But um, I just think we've got to use him as much as we possibly can and keep him, tie him down. Yeah, Andy, left-footed centre backs are at a premium, Andy, and this kid looks like. He's got absolutely everything in his locker to be in England regular, maybe with John Stones. Um, yeah. Just talk about Jared Brandt. He's a cracking player, isn't he, mate? He is. It's there for yeah, us all to see. Super, mate. Like, um, I think I said on the pod a few weeks ago, like you don't get a lot of centre-halves who play Premier League football week in, week out until they kind of get to 22, 23. They tend to play either, you know, they're a centre-half who plays right-back or left-back. You don't get many that come through at his age, John Stones was one, Rio Ferdinand was another, and they're both of it, I think, in a very similar mould to Branthwaite as well. Um, it will, I stand by it, it will make a couple of mistakes um, because that's what young centre-halves do and that's why they tend to only start really coming through at a bit of a later age. But sadly, I, I don't see how we keep hold of him because for me, I, I think the comparison with John Stones is, is bang on, but I think he's ahead of where John Stones was at uh, a similar path of development. And what you've got to factor in as well, not only does he have this ability to make it look like he's got a million a million hours on the ball when everything around him is going frantic, so calm, uses the ball so well. He's six foot five and really brilliant in the air as well. You know, he's got everything you need to be uh, like one of the, the greatest centre-halves England has ever produced. And I know that might be going over the top. No, mate, I think that's fair enough, that. That's fair enough. If he continues, if he can, if he can, yeah, if he continues on this pathway, I think it's only you, the worrying thing is he's only got eighteen months left on his contract come January. So, um, seven, you know, as Jay said, let him write down whatever number he wants, tie him down for another five years. But I, I, I feel that the right people around him, he's, he's had a move to PSV. I think he's going to be told. Like no, you're going you you're going to be able to get a forty fifty million pound move, whether that's in January or next summer. Uh, and I, I, yeah, sadly, I I don't think we're going to see him at Everton, which is a real shame because I, I think he's he's going right to the very top. That lad. Yeah, Melinda, it was only you that agreed to be positive at me in that little positive section. Then I mean, these two, you mentioned our best player at the moment, and these two have just sold him on us. So you know, what what are we supposed to do? You know what I mean? It's just, well, just one of them. Well, you know what? Like, positive me coming out, we've got to give him incentive and reason to stay. Things have yep. to start getting better. Things have to start turning around. Like, look at Jordan Pickford. You know? Like, he, he's stuck by us, you know, 100%. And we, I fully believe we would be gone without Jordan Pickford, 100%. Um, I I just think there there are really, there are some good things ab- ab- about our current situation, not many, but there are a few positive things and he's definitely one of them. Um, I just think things just have to get better. Like things really have to start turning around here and we have to start giving good quality players reason to want to still stay at this club and perform for this club. Yeah, I agree. So Saturday then, 
Brentford away. We're on the telly again, which I didn't find out until yesterday. I, I didn't even know we were on the telly again. That should be eventful. But uh, right. Andy, I'll come to you first. What what are we expecting going to Brentford? I mean, they're, they're a good outfit. They lost the last time out. Obviously, no Ivan Tony. He's just yeah. got a he's got a job on Labrook Spookies or something like that. But uh, yeah, what what, what <laughs> well, are you expecting? What are we expecting on Saturday? Then are you expecting more of the same of a, a dig in and try and get a, a draw, or do you think he'll have listened to the fans this week and all the noise around and thought this one will go for it here? Are we going heart and head again, or how oh, we do? You can do predictions. I was just basically talking about a game. If you want, uh, we've been on a uh, while, so yeah, one... we can do a heart and head predictions if you want. Go on. Well, we've got one good thing. They've got some uh, some magical French prince up front, but he's on loan from another team and he can't play in this game. So at least he, <laughs> he, he yeah. at least he's on loan, so he can't pop up and get the winner against us. Probably uh, fucking still loan. Anyway, just put another shirt on him. Uh, Go with my head. I, I honestly can't see anything other than a two or three nil win for Brentford. Um, go with my heart. I hope we get a a point. I'll go for one one. But in terms of uh, the question you asked about, in terms of Dice's approach, for me, he has to go and try and win it because even if you think Luton, Bournemouth coming up at home, if you win those two games against Luton and lose against Brentford, you're still only going to be on seven points after eight games. Like, there's a bit of a gap as well. Though, Sorry to interrupt. There's actually and, a bit of yeah. a gap starting to form now as well. And that's if Luton and Bournemouth are bankers, which they're not. So yeah. for me, we have no choice but to 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 go to Brentford and, and try and win the game. Uh, I, I really hope I'm proved wrong. I really hope, you know, when we went to Brighton last year, I, I was tuning in thinking this ain't going to be pretty and we won 5-1. So I, I really hope I get um, massively proven wrong, but I, I can't see us getting anything on on Saturday with my head, but with my heart, I hope, obviously, of course, I hope we win 25 nil. but I think a point's the best that we can, we can hope for. Yeah. Jamie, what, what, what has to happen now for, I mean, you can add your predictions on at the end of this. What has to happen now for Sean Dyche and the seventh team to bring you back on side again now, mate, because this, this, the noise around Everton this week, it's pure negativity and it, it's rightly so. I mean, even we're getting, Lads than the press and ex players are coming out saying, What the hell was that from Everton on Sunday? It's you know, you don't expect any professional Premier League football team to not show any heart, and that's what he didn't show. So, my question is, What what has he got to do to bring you back on side now? Uh, make me feel apart from win, obviously, yeah, obviously, win, but make me feel proud of the performance, yeah, make me feel like I've watched a a proud Everton team, an Everton team that I've given everything. You know, if we get beat, okay, yeah. You know, Brentford are the better team on the day, but don't just get beat by them. You know, make them beat you. I think that's what I'm looking for. Make them beat you. If they're going to beat you, actually make them do it. A reaction. It's got to be a reaction. It's got to be a big reaction as well. Um, bit more positive on the ball. You know, get the ball down, start playing. If you're not, go up to better, get him on. Get, you know, get him in behind Brentford. And. <laughs> The projection's a bit of a mad one, to be honest, because I actually do think we're going to get something. I actually think we might even beat them. Um, That's a, it's a bonus win, that, for me. Yeah, I actually it. do. I think you look around the Premier League and, you know, look at Sheffield United, they were away at Tottenham. They were very unlucky. Uh, Burnley were beating Nottingham Forest and stuff like that. You know, Nottingham, Nottingham Forest actually beat Chelsea away. So I can't... I think we've got to look at that. I think Dice has got to say that to them. Listen, you are good enough. Go and beat these. 
Um, so prediction heart two two one, and me head. I think one all. Okay, Melinda. Same question to you. What 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 has to happen for you now to start feeling a little bit more positive when it comes to Everton actually playing games of football? And I've got another question, and I'm going to put it aim it at you because it's just coming my head now. Would you be tempted now to play both Bettel and Calvert Luna front and go four four two? And just back to basics football. Would you be tempted it's, to do that now? It's so funny you asked me that because that's exactly what I was going to suggest we do. Yeah. Why not literally throw shit at the wall and just hope something sticks at this point, Deitch? Because are you not embarrassed? Like, are you not embarrassed? I'm sorry. Like, you got to start sending your guys out there and you got to start pushing for a win. And if they are going to beat us, then make them work their asses off to beat us. That's what I want to see. If that's the case, then I want to see them absolutely working to the bone to do that. I do not want to see what I saw on Sunday ever again in my life. That was just horrible to watch. So yeah, I would. I'd probably do a 4 4 you know, and just stick them up there and just see what happens. Why not? And I, and any, other changes, like, any other changes you'd make? No, I, I, don't, I don't think I would because... I, well, well, Ashley I think, Young, Ashley Young... Is set pieces of abysmal, aren't he? Would you not take him on the side? Oh yeah, yeah, I think I would. You know that that was pretty that was pretty difficult to watch actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do think that that would be. I think I'd probably have to drop him. But otherwise, I think the like defensively we were actually all right. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I think that that was working quite well. But definitely, I would like to see Calvert Lewin and Bato up front. And I just think we'll just give it a go. What do we, I mean at this point? What do we have to lose? I don't think we can. I mean, I'm going to say this. I don't think it can get much worse. Um, I'm not going to speak too soon on that. Um, but prediction-wise, I also do think... I mean, I have... I don't know. I don't know if it's just the optimist to me, but I, I was also thinking 2-1, Jamie. That was kind of what, what I was thinking, 2-1. And then my head is telling me um, actually nil-nil. Probably take that. I know yeah. I said all that. It always set up for Everton to get a win, but... If, yeah. if, it was, if someone said to me now, I haven't drawn no against Brentford on Saturday, I'd say, okay, I'll have it. I'll take it. Yeah, I, I think it will be a goalless game. Um, but um, I would like to see 2-1. And I like it. How amazing would it be if it was Beto and DCL? Like, I think Cal. I would be on the next flight <laughs> to Benidorm, to be fair. But like, that's it. Get me on the next plane now. Yeah. Manny Airport, I'm coming for you. Yeah. So what was the score then? You said 2-1 Everton. Yeah, that's what my heart's going for. And then my head, I think it'll be just, I think it'll be a draw, nil-nil. Yeah, lads, I'll come back to you because I forgot to say that. Would you, Is there any major changes you'd make to Saturday's lineup? Yeah. Jamie, sorry, yeah, go on. Go for it, mate. Uh, I'd drop Abdullah Decore and put James Garner in. Yeah, I would as well. Um, I'd play Onana and, Onana and James Garner as the midfield yeah. too. I'd drop it to Sigay as well. I'd, I'd have, we need someone who can put the foot in the ball and... You know, dictate the pace of the game, and Anna has got the, the potential to be able to do it. He just can't. We need someone that will bring Anna into the game, bring Beto into it. Har- uh, Harrison, McNeil, Dan Juma. Dan Juma looks isolated again. I'd also put Pat. Edo, this is mad. I'd also put Patterson back in. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, as well. I would. Um, I'd put Patterson back in and shore up that side and put keep Michalenko in as well. Yeah. yeah. I think your so, team is my team. I, I, I 
Patterson in, I would have put James Garner in, and I would have put the two. I'd play the two of them up front, DCL and Bethel. Me personally, like. Yeah. So do Onana, Garner, Denjuma, McNeil, McNeil. and then DCL and, and Bethel, Bethel up front, yeah. and then the back line just put Patterson in. Yeah, that's what I would go. Yeah, yeah. that that's what I would do. No, yeah. I wasn't. You're you keeping it disagreeing, aren't you? I don't listen. I. I I think it's a gay is probably the, one of the only few Everton players who I sort of feel any sort of attachment to. Yeah, but man, would I be think... a gay back into the six, Anana, and yeah. then James Garner being on Bethel. Ah, okay, okay, gotcha. So he wouldn't play Carvalho. No, yeah. not again. Okay. Not 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 just yet. Well, there's another game in the week after that, which Carvalho will probably start. But Andy, would you make any major changes to the lineup on Saturday? Yeah, I'd, I'd actually change shape. I'd go. Kind of a, a three-five-two. So I'd I'd bring Godfrey in for his pace uh, against the Bremen. I think I think Tarkovsky in the middle. I think Bramfate would be really comfortable as a left centre half. Ben, ben Godfrey as a right centre half, and then you've got the option of them playing Garner as a uh, a right wing back, um, which I like. And I'd actually I'd and then you've got Ashley Young. I'd have his left wing back. Then in the middle, I'd go. Uh, Anana and Gay, but uh, the and Decore as well, and then I'd have better up front with like Van in a bit of a free role behind him, being able to just go and influence the game and try and get us up the pitch. Someone who can receive the ball a bit deeper and just allow him to go where he wants to do and express himself. Um, I think I, I feel even quite desperate, kind of saying it. So, but it is a bit of a desperate call. But I, I, I think Brentford like to play with the three-five-two. I think we could match him up, uh, and I think that would be our best chance of getting something from the game. No, I don't think it's desperate. I think it's not a bad shout. Just to, just for his pace, Godfrey, it's whether there's confidence in that is still there, I don't know. But no, I don't think it's a bad shout, me personally. Just to get James Garner in his, which I think right wing back probably is his position now. Yeah. I wouldn't, I'd like to see him in midfield, but I mean, his best performances for England and Everton have been played at right wing back. So it is a good shout. Melinda, did you have your hands up there, or have I just imagined it? No, yeah, I just, um, I just, um, I'm just really hoping that Tarkovsky gets his spark back. I just don't know if you guys feel this way, but I don't really know what's what's going on with him. But it was really difficult to watch him on Sunday. I found that really tough. Um, I just don't know what's going on with that lad. Whether he's just feeling a lot of pressure or what's going on with him, but I feel like he's cracking a little bit. And I just, it's yeah, you know what worries me about Tarkovsky. And it goes back to Sean Dice. He's worked under Dice for so long. Yeah. And then he's maybe he's just like, hey, I've had enough. Yeah. Yeah. He just he's played in every game. Yeah, he has. Every yeah, yeah, yeah. I think maybe he's just thinking, what the like? I think I need a bit of a break here. And we do rely yeah. on him. I mean, I will, I will be the first yeah. to admit, like I, he's always there for me. Whenever I think about that defense, I'm like, it's it's Tarkovsky. But that yeah. that was that was a hard watch for me on Sunday. I think the captain might be a bit too much right. as well. By the way, I think I, I noticed from my seat in the paddock and um, on Sunday, Jordan Pickford is the captain. You know, he is. Yeah. The yeah, he is. I know he is the captain. He's the only one who's he's a class above everyone else. Pickford, I think his pass completion was better than everybody else's on the pitch. I just yeah. think he, he still looks like the captain to me. Agreed. So maybe yeah. he's been reluctantly given the armbands and he's just like, well, I don't really want this. I don't know, it's all guesswork in it. But I don't just maybe it's a it's a bit of a albatross around his neck type of thing. Go on, do you think as well with uh Tarkovsky, do you think he's a bit sick of playing with different centre halves? 
But he should be excited about playing with that kid next to him. That's what I'm saying, but he started the season with Michael Keane, now he's got this kid next to him. Do you think he's a bit like, give me a partner, I, can, I know how, how he plays and he knows how I play? I think as well, I mean, you know what it could be, and I said this on the last pod, he's played most of his career as a left centre-back, and he's been asked to play on the right, and I know it mightn't sound much, but if you play football and you play left-back yeah, yeah. or right-back or a right-back, uh, right centre-back or a left centre-back, it's hard to switch your brain around from the play coming down the other side, you get what I mean? It's like driving on the other side, isn't it, Melinda? <laughs> oh, you guys do not want to know what happened to me when I tried to pull out of the Manchester car rental parking lot. <laughs> Jesus <No>. Christ. <laughs> yeah, it's, no. uh, Go on, mate. I, I actually thought Tarkovsky, I thought it was one of his better performances this season on, on, uh, on Sunday against Arsenal. But I don't disagree with Linda either. His body language isn't yeah, it's right off, isn't it? at the moment. It's it's not it's you know he yeah something's just not quite right there. I, th- I thought he defended well on on Sunday. I thought it, like I say he's had a couple of iffy games this season, but there's something not right. Whether that's captaincy, whether it's switching sides, whether it's pissed off that after you know making the decision to move on from Burnley and move away from Dyche, he's back with him. I don't know, but something just doesn't seem quite right with him at the moment. Yeah, but obviously, you know, let's hope we get the win on Saturday. Just want to quickly touch before we go, I know we've been on a long time now. We've got a Carabao Cup game next Wednesday against Aston Villa, so give us your predictions. Quick predictions to that one. I will actually be at that game because I'm absolutely fucking mental and there's something wrong with me and I got a ticket before the Arsenal game and then I got my ticket in my hand and then why am I doing this? But I'm actually going to be at that game and I can do your heads in for the next foreseeable future and say I've been to Villa Park, you know, so get ready for that one because I'll be telling you all about it. But <laughs> I've, been Villa, the... yeah, I've been a few times, I've been about seven times, so don't worry about it. Anyway, but uh, oh. Aston Villa in the cup, Melinda will come to you first. Uh, obviously, I think we'll see the likes of Harrison get his debut. I think Calvert-Lewin will start up front. Um, give us a quick prediction. Do you think we'll go through in the cup? Hope we absolutely kick their ass 4-0. Hope we kick their ass 4-0. Not going to happen, but I would love to see that happen just to make the universe right again. I would just eat that <laughs> shit up with a spoon. Um, realistically speaking, though, I think, well, I mean, if you've got Harrison, I mean, hmm, I don't know, you know. It's it, it's tough to, it's tough, isn't it? I, I'd love us to obviously win and go through, um, but... I, I think it's going to be a tough game. I don't know. I My head's telling me we'll probably lose it, to be honest with you. But my heart, I, I, I do hope we advance, obviously. But I just don't I just don't think we're strong enough. This, I think it's about 5,000 right of us, isn't it? Tickets. Yeah, I just, I just, I just don't know if we're strong enough. No, I don't. I agree with you. It's hard yeah. not to think of any, anything else, isn't it? Let's be honest with you. It's not yeah. negative. It's just it's reality, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But Jamie? I think we'll quickly. beat them on pens. Go ahead, lads. That'll do for me. I like it. Andy, extra time. If, Sorry. If, no. Yeah, if you could stop going to Jamie before me, because he keeps on repeating what I'm about to say. But yeah, I was going to one one and then win on pens. Um, but I was uh, I was speaking to my mate Jake in the week. He's a big Leeds fan. He lives on the Wirral, obviously big Leeds fan, weirdo. Um, but he <laughs> said to me, he said, he said Jack Harrison will make a huge difference to us. He said you won't believe how much that run lad, how much that lad runs. Uh, and his quality as well, and he thinks that we we probably swerved one with Nonto uh, as well. He think he, he thinks it's a good thing we didn't pay what 
what they were asking for in the end, up, up towards £40 million. But he thinks uh, Jack Harrison will be huge for us when he comes back. So I hope Jake's right and uh, he makes a big difference for us straight away starting again. I mean, I think he'll be on the bench against Brentford, by the way, despite what Dice said today. He won't start, but I think we might see him involved for 20 minutes at the weekend and then start against Villa. Yeah. Yeah, so um, that's it really. Yeah. Thanks everyone for coming on. We will try and get a Brentford reaction out. We will try our best, but if not, we have got a big podcast planned next week. Probably this time next week, uh, we will obviously review the Aston Villa game and we will preview the absolute colossal game against Luton, which we have to win. It's just it is a case of we we, we can't afford to get anything else but a win. So we'll be back for that one. And honestly, thank you so much for joining us. I know it's hard, but we've all just got to stick together and yeah, up the toffees, up the toffees, up the toffees, up the toffees. Hey. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.